Welcome to the Launch Your Live podcast, a show dedicated to providing you with daily, top-level, live video tips, tricks, and strategies to not only help you start, but also excel at live streaming. Here are your hosts, Christian Karashevitz and Jim Fuse. Do you want to play a musical instrument on your live streams? On this episode, we're going to interview Aaron Short, a professional singer and guitarist who regularly live streams musical performances on his YouTube channel, Aaron Short Music, to discuss how he gets clean music on his live streams, plus obviously some of the nuances with playing a musical instrument on a live stream. For example, you can sometimes get garbled audio, the instrument might not come through very clear, and also obviously there's that whole copyright thing. So, Jim, it's fantastic having you back. What is this episode, what, I think 44, right? Four, 44 double fours so it's uh we've we've almost uh, we're, we're approaching a year's worth of content as some people would say you could listen to an episode every week and uh take you a whole year but you know we're happy if you listen to it quicker than that but yeah excited to to have a, this conversation with aaron because uh you know music i think is a big part of everyone's lives and and it's really been a challenge, I think, especially uh, these last few months, because musicians have been like, hey, how do I get my music out there? And they want to live stream it. They want to put it on things. And the challenge sometimes is a lot of these microphones and things, if they're not used to it, don't translate well onto live video. So, uh, yeah, really uh, looking forward to talking to Aaron about this since he's uh, definitely an expert in that area. Yeah, and I'm glad we're having him on because here's the thing. We were talking about this uh, beforehand, and, you know, it's the fact that, well, when people try to live stream, you know, they just take the equipment that they have, which which is great, taking the equipment that you have, you know, the built-in mic, for example, or you buy a microphone that happens to come up on an Amazon search. And the thing is, though, you have to remember there are various types of microphones. I know, Jim, we talked with Mark Mulberger about different types of microphones uh, on a previous episode and you know we compared different ones we didn't really go into the nuances of voice versus audio so i figured hey why don't we have aaron come on because you know what he knows this and so uh, aaron it's fantastic having you join us for episode 44 of the launcher live podcast awesome thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah so so aaron uh tell, tell us about yourself and uh how did you get started with live streaming being that you're a musician it just you know seems i don't know if i'd say it's odd but not something that you would expect all the time well it's an interesting story because i moved to new york 10 years ago and i've been playing in bars and restaurants and, and doing weddings almost every day since then so i'm, I'm a, i was a real live performer and then I saw the YouTube thing kicking in a few years later, and I had the ability then to get a camera like this, which is obviously very important. Mm -hmm. And I started, I started pushing the YouTube channel more. I actually was pushing the channel at the live gigs. It was weird. So at my live gigs, when people would come up to me at the end, I'd give them a card with the YouTube channel address on, and I was building up the channel in real life. That was kind of a, a weird way of doing it, I thought. But it was cool. It was working. And then a, a few of my friends were going live, not too many of them. So it was in my mind to go live, but I just didn't ever think it was something I would do. And then, of course, we had the lockdown. Mm -hmm. 
So what did all the musicians, including myself, do when everything shut down? What did we do? And we just we just jumped on and started playing songs, right? Mm -hmm. So I was I was really lucky because I had this camera, I had this room, I had the interface, I had everything you know, or most things that I needed just to get going. So I started going straight away with that. And then I also started doing interviews like this as well with some key kind of music industry uh, figures so from mm -hmm. the from you know Martin Guitar those kind of companies. Nice. So that was that was a learning curve. I had to learn that, and I actually use different you know, I use a different setup for that than I do for my concerts. So I had to I had to learn how to do the interviews, how to talk clearly, you know, which I'm still working on. But you know how to how to run the show like you're doing today. And all the software. I started with OBS okay. and Skype. Mm -hmm. And Skype is terrible for performance. It's okay for talking, not good for performance. OBS is great because it's free, mm -hmm. but it's not the most visually appealing piece of software. So I quickly got into Ecamm Live, mm -hmm. which is a really great program, getting better all the time. And they now have an interview feature where you can't play together, but you can play separately. And the audio is, is um, the same quality on both sides. So that's nice. cool. So it's it's been an, it's been an evolution for sure, and I'm still learning. This you know when you do a live stream, you've got to be visual. You've got to work on the sound. You've got to work on everything, right? Mm -hmm. Having said that, I do feel like I see a lot of even professional musicians going live with just their phone, and I do believe that the content, as with all of this stuff, the content is key. If you if you if you've got great songs and you're a great singer and you've got a great guitar player. And you just go live with your phone. I think that's okay, but with a few improvements, you know, a, a, a good, the right microphone, the right camera, you can really raise your your level very, very easily for a few hundred bucks. So I do think people should be doing that. But I think, as always, the content is what is the most important thing, as as we know, right? So, so let's talk about the. So you, you alluded to this a little bit. So let's talk about the camera real quick. So, um, what type of camera are you using? So, for example, I've got a webcam, Jim. I think you've got a webcam, but what are you using, Eric? Or what do you normally use? Well, like I said, I was getting into pre-recorded videos. I was trying to network with companies through trade shows to okay. review guitars. I wanted a really, I wanted good quality video. So. Mm -hmm. I went out and got the A7 III by Sony nice. okay. with the Elgato Cam Link. And it was over, in, the, in the early days of live streaming, it was overheating, but there is a setting in there to prevent the overheating, you know, like a, like a safety um, precautionary thing. Yeah. Turn that off. It doesn't shut down because this room actually gets really hot. The lights are kind of pointing <laughs> on the camera. Mm -hmm. The room, it's a New York City apartment. So the heat, when the heat's on, it's on. Like really, it gets really hot here. Like, the other week it was like 90 in here, which was really bad. <laughs> but the camera didn't shut down. But it did shut down on my first interviews with my my guests. So that I, I learned that you know the hard way. But some cameras I've tried will shut down. So avoid like they, there's a new one, the um, the ZV1. Yep. I tried as my secondary camera. Okay, absolutely love it. But it will shut down, and there's no way to stop it shutting down. So I would Ooh. encourage people. I mean, probably probably better to get a really good webcam the camera that shuts down right we need yep. these things to work reliably <laughs> mm -hmm. but the a7 III with the elgato cam link has been working not you know knock on wood been working really 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 well as you can see it's a really clean you know, great picture yeah and so it's, it's 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 that's the camera but that's that's an expensive camera that's the thing that's what mm -hmm. i was saying I'm, I'm now using my iphone as my secondary camera yeah so the I the latest iPhone is fine. I think for a musician, the audio is probably more important than that. Yes. Well, and as far as like cameras, I guess so. 
you can go with in that Sony camera, fantastic camera. Um, if you do decide you want to run your iPhone, for example, as the primary camera as well. I mean, I guess it's it, a lot of people might look at that and say, well, hey, it's uh, it's not an expensive camera. But I guess overall, it is an expensive camera because you've spent and I can and I can attest to this. I mean, the latest iPhones, a thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars on up. Um, mm. So you do pay for that camera as well. Uh, but, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, you could also repurpose other phones as well to give you different views. Um, the other thing I want to talk about real quick is your audio. So you alluded to this earlier. You said you have different setups for mm. your situation. And I think that's a really important thing to talk about. Um, and by the way, sorry for going off script a little bit here. But like a lot of people, when they want to get into live streaming, they use you know, they might use the can they get the camera right, but how do they get the audio correct? So can you talk about maybe the different scenarios that you use, for example, if it's for vocal uh, or if it's for playing an instrument or if it's for, you know, just doing a meeting? Mm. Yeah, so we all have our own unique challenges, right? I just had one as you were talking. I live near the airport, so a plane just flew over. So I have a physical switch on the ground that my mic plugs into and I can turn the mic off completely. It's like a cough <laughs> mic. A cough switch. Yeah. So um, as that plane was flying, I shut it off, right? So things like that, you know, we all have different problems. If you live in a big house in the middle of nowhere, you're not going to have that. Well, you might not have that problem. So that's one of my issues is noise. Yeah. So I use, I started off using a Neumann uh, recording mic. Okay. And a bit like what you guys have, actually, in front of my face. I personally didn't like the way it kind of blocked my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went out and got a shotgun mic, which is a yeah. Sennheiser. It's like the one they use in, in film and stuff. And it's sitting right, it's right here. So it's as close as it can be without coming into the frame. Okay. And it's pointing right at my, at my mouth. So it will pick up some ambient noise, but mm-hmm. it's such a great, a bit like the camera, you know, you, you get what you pay for. It's such a great, uh, clear, strong signal. And, and I just love having it out of shot. Having said that, for some people, maybe the, the, the lapel mic is better. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. I don't find them comfortable. And they always seem to pull my shirt down stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if things are really bad, you can get a dynamic mic, which, which rejects all outside noise. And you have to have it right. Like you were singing to a, a okay. bar. You have it right in front of your face. I don't think it looks good, but it's a way of someone living in a really noisy environment to get around those problems. So when I use that, I can have the AC running, the windows open, the, mm-hmm. the TV on next door, and that's not really a problem. Yeah. With this mic, it's super sensitive. Mm-hmm. I can even hear the neighbors like, listen. Uh, is that a plane taking off? <laughs> yeah, so I just, I just shut it off. When we, have, when we have rain here, the planes fly lower and, they, and you get the plane noise. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of my obstacles, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing I do want to stress for people in noisy environments is a noise gate. And a noise gate is really, really important for me. You listen to people's streams and you hear like their computer fan. You hear these different sounds, the Mm -hmm. clicking of the mouse, all this kind of stuff. I'll give you an example now, live. I'm running through Logic Pro Mm -hmm. and I'm running a plug-in into this mic, which is then coming out of Logic Pro through um, a program called Loopback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, at least I I think you're getting that sound anyway. If I turn the noise gate off, if you listen carefully, you should hear the the kind of room noise come. So I'll, I'll, I'll turn it off now. Yeah, I do pick, I pick up a little bit. Yeah. And you, you pick up like different movement, for example, like if you're moving your foot or your hands, exactly. Yep. You pick that up. Yeah. 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 So very subtle, but I think that makes a difference between 
kind of professional and not, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I actually, OBS had a noise gate built in. I hope that Ecamm Live and other, and even microphone manufacturers will release plugins with a compressor and a noise gate and an EQ, you know, so people don't have to go through logic and all the kind of stuff I'm doing. I think that's the future. I think this noise gate makes, makes such a difference. Why not build it in? I know the Rodecaster Pro and some things like that yeah. have it built in. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. That's a way you can go as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, for musicians, there's no um, quarter-inch jack input. You'd have to use a DI box to go in. So mm-hmm. that's not really made for musicians in, in, as such. I think in the next 12 months, we'll see more products come out exclusively for people like me, people that talk and interview like this, yeah. and then also go live and play music because they're, they're, like you said, they're very different things. And so what I actually did yesterday, I had my kind of bar set up running straight into the interface. Mm-hmm. And then this morning when I got up for this uh, podcast, I took that mic off, which is my dynamic mic, you know, the, the one you'd use at a karaoke bar or whatever, uh-huh. and I plugged in the, the uh, shotgun mic and I put it up higher so you couldn't see it. Yeah. So that's that's the two the two mics that I use. I, I wouldn't use this to sing through. As you can hear, it's quite mm. it's quite mid rangey and kind of cutting. And I think that's to pick up speech. Right. If you try and sing through one of these, you, you don't. That's not a, that's not a, a pleasant sound of a tone for your, for most people's voices. Mm-hmm. You want to sing into a nice warm condenser or a uh, a dynamic mic, like I said. And actually, the, this is a really funny thing. I started my channel to review acoustic guitar pickups and live sound, how to make yourself sound really natural on, on a, in a live environment on stage. Mm-hmm. But now, of course, no one's playing on stage. So most people that are streaming from home are using real microphones and they sound great because a real microphone with an acoustic guitar always sounds incredible compared to like when you, you, know, when you plug in a guitar and it sounds kind of plasticky and weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are systems that sound great and that's why I started my channel to find those systems but the ironic thing is now I don't need it because I can use a microphone there's no feedback because I use these in-ear monitors so yeah. I can use uh-huh. nice microphones now which I could never use at a gig because I'm live streaming so the, that's that's the it's kind of a weird thing and it's kind of a great side effect of this lockdown and live live streaming life for musicians now you don't have to rock up at a venue and kind of have bad sound you can set up the sound yourself. You can use great microphones and take your time to find the right position. You can do all that stuff yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, it's it's kind of that, that's been a really nice side effect of this whole this whole streaming thing. Interesting. So, Aaron, what what are some of the challenges with playing musical instruments, you know, like the guitar or other things, when you're streaming live on YouTube or Facebook? Okay, so. It really depends on what you play and how you play. So I, I do a lot of acoustic guitar, so it kind of runs in from what I was saying. Um, I choose to run through pedals and loop stations, so I plug in direct, which which never sounds quite as good, but gives you the option of using those those pedals. And then the other option is to use the microphone, which then you, means you can't use the pedals, but you just get that one really great sound through the microphone. Of course, it will pick up all the room noise and everything else. Uh, for electric guitar, there's so many options now for electric guitarists to plug in direct. It's so easy for them now. So that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's absolutely fine. And the thing, the biggest adjustment for me was, was these, because when you play these in-ear monitors, because when you play on stage in, in, in a restaurant, you might have a speaker behind you and you get used to that kind of sound. Or like I've got an amp here behind me here. Mm-hmm. So you get used to that kind of sound kind of hitting you at loud volume. Of course, when you live stream because of neighbors and, and bleed and stuff like that, they, these are great. These are, 
these these KZ in-ear monitors from Amazon are like 50 bucks. And I'm so used to them now that I, I feel like if I do start playing shows again, I'll, I'll use these because I'm so used to that kind of... Like, like when a musician first puts these on, they'll complain that, oh, I, I feel like I'm in a, in a bubble or I'm in a fish tank, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then once, once you've been live streaming for, for six months, nine months, it becomes kind of cool. Like, you know, the sound doesn't change wherever you move. You, hear, you can do stereo if you want to. These, these have a lot, of, a lot of benefits. And I think um, this, it's kind of another, another good side effect of, of doing these live streams is I now have better, a better sense of sound. And even mixing sound is better with these because you're mixing at the actual volume. Uh, when you mix things at home in a, in a quiet apartment at low volumes, you can really mess up um, levels and things. So with these, they're great. So if, if a musician isn't using these, I encourage them to. Although, again, it depends on your situation, because if you're just singing, in, singing into a mic and hearing the sound in the room, you might not need any headphones in. I just like them because I like them because I can monitor exactly what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. So whatever mm-hmm. I hear is what you're going to hear at home. And I even encourage my viewers to buy these so they at home, they hear the same sound that I hear when I, when I make my, 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 my changes on the stream. So, so and are those wireless or wired uh, in their wires? I, I, I use an extension cable into the interface so, okay. so I get the exact sound. I'm very wary of wireless because if wire, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you had, if these went, if these, um, if the battery died right now on these, what would we do? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to hear you at all. It would be, right. ter- it would be absolutely terrible. And the worst thing you can do is play the sound through your speakers because right. it's gonna loop, it's gonna loop back and feed back, right? And that's always the problem when you, as you, I don't know if you've done this, but if you do a live stream and just pull someone on the stream, like special guest out of nowhere, they always come on, they've got no headphones on, the sound <laughs> is echoing, and you always regret doing that. Even if it's like the head of a huge company that right. that you, you need to get on at that time because they'll never come on ever again, it just can kill the whole stream when, when, the, when the echo starts and, the, and the, all the sound, and they've left their YouTube browser on. That's why now every guest I say wear headphones. Have it, you know, think think about the setup. You know, get the setup, frame it. Wear headphones. Put your phone on a stand so it's not like mm-hmm. moving around stuff like that. So I have my own checkup check uh, check this now for my guests as well to yeah. make sure things run smoothly. Great point. So which um, which uh, in your monitors are those? By the way, I know there's a lot of KZ models, but which KZ ones? KZ AS10. They're about fifty sixty bucks on Amazon. And uh, this is my second pair because I, I, I always wireless is good because I always run up, run them run them over with my chair. Yeah. And I broke <laughs> I broke one pair, but they're so affordable. I don't I don't mind. I mean, they're not. You know, I talked about premium gear when we started, mm-hmm. like custom in ear molded headphones with high quality drivers will be better than this. These can, when I'm singing loud, these can start to have some some distortion. Yeah. But for the price, which as we know with gear now is always the thing people say, oh, for the price, they're incredible. That's right. absolutely true. And I'm mm-hmm. as fussy as I am, these are great. I would like to go to the extra 10% in the future, but these are great. But yeah, gear is interesting. I've spoken today about very, you know, expensive cameras and microphones. I really don't I really don't believe you need it. Well, I mean, one thing we didn't mention today was lighting, which is mm-hmm. something I'm still trying to trying to learn and, and tweak because, yeah. as you know, like the, the greatest camera with bad lighting looks horrible. And, and the, the $100 webcam with great lighting can look incredible. So lighting, I think, is, is something that everyone really, really overlooks. And you have to, 
it's it's kind of a boring subject and I, I, I never can get my head around it. But I basically have um, three lights and I, I bounce them off the wall so the light kind of reflects mm-hmm. back on me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Ecamm also has like a brightness, some settings like that as well that I yeah. would use. I'm not using it today but because I'm not using Ecamm, but I could use that and stuff as well. So, yeah, they're the three things for me, really. It's the, it's the lighting, the camera, and the microphone. And like we said, they, they're all important, right? Everything ties oh, together. Yeah. But the, the audio is especially important. And the audio is tough. I mean, things like latency and monitoring yeah. is also tough. I don't have a problem with it with Ecamm, but like when I run through Logic to get these effects that I showed you earlier, the noise gate and things, mm-hmm. that can cause latency, and that's really bad. One of my first problems I had on YouTube was my voice not being in sync with my video. Yeah, That was a, that was a real problem for me. Um, I couldn't match them up. So now, now actually, I use Ecamm now to record my recorded videos as well because it does match them up very well. So things like that. Uh, like I said, the software I'm using now is called Loopback. It's yeah. about 100, about 100 bucks, mm-hmm. and it's great. It's, it's great. It just means whatever you put into it will go into that software. Yeah. And it's been so useful for me. And, you know, some of these audio interfaces have that built in, but they're so confusing to use. Some of these audio interfaces, I've, you know, I've been doing music for 30 years and I still can't figure out how to use them. It's, it's kind of, I want to say it's embarrassing, but I think it's more embarrassing for the companies. They make some of this stuff so convoluted and difficult you know loopback is great you just you see a picture of what you're putting in you see a picture of what's going out you select that in the program and it just works so i I, that's a really good that's actually been a real game changer for me the loopback software yeah and uh loopback's fantastic software it's from uh, rogue amoeba Um, i use Mm. myself and then Mm. in addition to that I'd, i'd actually say if anybody is going to purchase the software i would actually get the bundle that they sell uh, because mm. it includes all their other software, they give you a discount as well on it. Uh, there's ones for, um, you know, as you mentioned, for loopback that can be for routing the audio. Uh, for example, if you only want an application and your system audio and maybe one browser tab, for example, or one application to go in, you can have all that route directly into loopback. But they also have a, a soundboard feature as well, so it's called Farago. And mm. so if you're not using uh, like a Rodecaster Pro, which has sound pads built in and you just got like a, uh, you just have a mixer and maybe, you know, let's say you're like, hey, I want to play some sound. You can put it all in there as well and bring it into your uh, mix. So fantastic uh, option as well. Um, in addition to that, though, Aaron. OK, so let's talk as far as playing instruments. So obviously there's the latency issue that people have to deal with. Uh, I love the fact, though, that you mentioned that people need different mics as well in order to, you know, depending on the situation. And that's the one thing I think people uh, who are watching or listening, they need to realize that you can't just use the same mic. It depends on the project you're going to use. I mean, as a musician, I I see you have, for example, a couple of different guitars there. Mm. You don't, for example, depending on the certain sound that you're going for, you know, you may switch, I'm sure, to different guitars. Can you kind of um, talk about, like, uh, obviously we said cameras and lights and audio are important, but can you kind of talk about um, if somebody wants to play an instrument, for example, we know they can't just pick up the guitar and capture it with their onboard mic on their computer. Um, can you kind of talk about if I want to actually play an instrument, what do I kind of need to do to accomplish that? Well... It, that's a difficult question because the truth is you can use one mic. You know, you okay. can, 
you can get one mic that will do for recording, talking. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have I have a Neumann that I was using, the one I mentioned. I just didn't like how it looked. But then some people like the look of the mic beside them, right? Some yep. people like that visually. So the truth is, you can just get one mic, okay. but you've got to get the right one. You, know, right. you wouldn't get you wouldn't get a shotgun mic to do everything. Right. Sorry, that's um, that's actually what I was elaborating or yeah. uh, trying to get to was that yeah, like I mean, you can. The key thing is making sure you buy the right mic to begin with, I guess. So yeah, if someone is going to get started, like, well, I guess it, let's talk uh, beginner and pro, I guess. So if I'm a beginner, what do I use? So if you're a beginner, I mean, it's all about budget, isn't it? Okay. It's all about yeah. budget. I mean, there's there's some really good kind of, con- like, you, you call them large diaphragm condenser mics. Okay. There's some really good ones for a few hundred dollars. I would I would invest. You know, a microphone is something that I want to buy once and not buy again. I don't want to be upgrading my microphone. No. That's why I, I went straight for the U the U the U eighty seven AI from Senna, but from Neumann, sorry. But that's that's super expensive. I mean, that's that's probably overkill. That's like a real that's like a high end studio mic. But I bought it thinking, well, the rest of my life when I record music, I can use it on my guitar and my voice, and and I'll be good. I haven't got to buy another mm-hmm. one. And then this shotgun mic is solely for the talking. So, yeah, I I think if you're starting out, I think you should probably get something a few spend a few hundred bucks right. on a con, on a large diaphragm condenser that could be used for guitar acoustic guitar recording, electric amp recording, uh, talking, like a one mic to do everything kind of thing. I think right. that would be because because I don't, I don't want to encourage people to go out and buy all this fancy equipment. Right. I, I don't think it's necessary, and I would and I would start with like you said, the latest iPhones are fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, but we get them to do lots of other things as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you have bought one of those latest fancy iPhones, then try that. Right? Spend, spend your money on the lighting and the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still working on my room. I'm, I'm aware that I can see my. Um, I usually crop it out. I can see my AC behind me. Yeah. I can see a light switch behind me. This doesn't really show that I'm a musician as much as I want it to. Mm-hmm. I think the background and uh, the framing and the lighting. I think you should spend your money there. Get one mic that does everything. And okay. off offhand, I, I mean, I can send you something later, but yeah, I sure. haven't actually thought about this question of what mic I would personally recommend. But I would certainly do my research. Look for something. I, I, would, I would definitely spend a few hundred bucks, um, okay. you know, three to five hundred bucks. Do your research and find a great kind of all-rounder um, mic for that. But then, you know, there's things like the, the, they say the latest MacBook Pros do have really good microphones built in, and I haven't tried them. <laughs> but it's not it's not like... You know, you know how some laptops just have terrible webcams and terrible mm-hmm. sound and fan noise. I mean, the computers coming out now, like the, no the new Apple computers, right? <laughs> right, yeah. no fan. Yeah, and they're saying studio quality mics. I mean, maybe that would be all right to start with. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried them yet. That's something I'd like to try in the future. I mean, that's that's really appealing then, because maybe then you don't need the noise gate. You know, half the reason I have my noise gate is the fan of the iMac uh, running yeah. in the background. So maybe maybe you should put this. This is such an open ended question. Maybe you should buy the latest and greatest um, Apple computer or mm-hmm. iPad and use that. Maybe that will sound as good as a cheap mic and a and a webcam. I don't know. That's <laughs> some some sort of content that I can explore in the future on my channel. But um, yeah, I definitely I would I would start off with one mic. Um, mm-hmm. see how you go with it, and then branch out from there. That's what I did. If you then decide, right, I want a mic just for talking, then go out and buy yourself that shotgun microphone. And they they they, they, they can be bought from Rode for like five, like five, six hundred bucks. Yeah. 
Uh, this one was like a thousand bucks. But again, I, I'm just the sort of person that wants to buy once and not buy again. Right. Um, but I don't want to give that advice to someone who's not sure and just starting out either. I think for those people, just get the best advice you can and just start. You know, try some things out or even go live um, to, to like a private, like on YouTube, you can go live unlisted. Mm-hmm. Just do that and send it to some friends or people on Facebook and say, what do you think of this kind of thing? Like, try it out. Don't don't experiment on the camera. I think that's the worst thing you can do. You know, okay. like I used to start my live streams. Is it is it working? Is the volume okay? How's it sound? Can you hear me? Yeah. And I then realized I could just go live to a private server and then listen yeah. back myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that's 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 a great a great tip as well. And okay, so as far as playing an instrument, what's the do people should people use an interface? Like, what do you what do you kind of recommend? I guess to to kind of get that you know uh the the best potentially the best quality that they can i know as you mentioned mm. some mics are really good at picking that up and obviously people should experiment but um if somebody's kind of the, the intermediate user should they actually consider getting you know having an interface that connects directly to the device well i think i think any musician should own an, a good interface because okay. you're going to use it for midi and plugging mm-hmm. guitars in and connecting external speakers it's not just for live streaming I, when i said you could just use the mic in your laptop if it's if it's one of the new ones that's if you're just playing acoustic guitar and singing if you actually want to add reverb and do some to have a click track which isn't in the stream mm-hmm. and run it out to external monitors when you're not streaming to listen back then you need an interface. And um, I'm using a Focusrite here. I've got it in front of me. And it's great. I can see the level that's going in. I've got a a physical control for the headphones. I've got another one I use on my iPad that kind of has a lot of menus and buttons on it. So I I like when I just reach over and just turn up the headphones. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is what I used for my mainstreaming. That's what I'm using right now, the Focusrite. It's a a 4 pre USB. And it's been really great to me um, for the streaming. So, yeah, I think every musician should own a good interface for sure. And again, same thing. They can vary from 100 bucks up to 1000 And what you're getting there is good quality preamps, of course. Yeah. And you, you want that. There's no point buying an expensive microphone and plugging it into a cheap preamp. They, mm-hmm. they work in tandem. They work together. So I think any, any musician, I mean, I think any live streamer should have an interface. And the Rodecaster mm-hmm. Pro is an interface. Right. It's just not strictly geared towards musicians. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that they, they make an all-in-one for everyone, mm-hmm. for musicians. And because yeah. and, I think yeah, we, all, we all verge on that anyway, doing the same thing. So I think that's going to come in the future. But for right now, yeah, if you're a musician, you should definitely have an interface, even just for your recording and everything else. And then you use that for your live streaming as well. Yeah, that's that's a. I mean, there's a there's a there there is a lot of expense here, and again, it depends mm-hmm. on what you do. If you just play saxophone and you don't like reverb and things like that, and you and you have a great natural sound in your room, maybe maybe just streaming through your phone's mic is okay. But if you want to play electric guitar with backing tracks and effects and mix it and have a, a, like a click in your ear but not in the stream. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have to have an interface and software running and tracks running, so the the money quickly mounts up. You know, you keep yeah. adding adding that stuff in. So it really is dependent on what you do. All I can really talk about is what I do, and I actually do both of those things because I I, I, enjoy, I enjoy them both for different reasons. But yeah, yeah it, re- it really depends on your on your setup and what you're trying to put across. Because uh, not everyone plays guitar and sings like me, right? There's um, someone, someone said to me last week, I did a stream for Ecamm, and someone said, uh, what, do you, uh, what would you do for a piano? 
Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like, well, I play piano. I got one. I got one right here, and I, get, I said, well, I would, I wouldn't mic it up. I would just get a really good like sample and run it through loopback and just play that because I've got like the piano from Abbey Road on my keyboard. You know, I would, mm-hmm. I personally would use that. But if they want the room sound, if they want to use their real piano, yeah, then they're going to have to um, make sure the room is sounding good. Like put mm-hmm. some some some, like, some isolation pads and panels, yeah. yeah, or at least get like a couch and a rug in there. They're going to have to get microphones for a piano, probably a stereo mic setup. Mm-hmm. So there we go: two microphones, two cables running into a, running into a good interface. And that's, that's a whole new challenge, isn't it? Miking up a real piano, or they have the other option of just running a, a plugin through Logic straight into the the software. It, it really is personal choice. I, I understand why people want to do both things. And and the secondary camera thing, I think, is important for musicians as well. Because like a, if you think of a piano player, you can have a clo- you can switch to a close up of the hands playing the keys, yep. and then a full shot from behind, a shot from the side, a shot of the pi- of the, the hammers hitting the strings in the piano. Mm-hmm. This stuff is. I think this stuff adds a lot to the visual aspect of it as well. And um, I've, I've actually just started controlling that with a MIDI controller. So I've got a MIDI foot pedal. So while I'm playing the guitar, if I press a button on the foot pedal, it will change cameras. Um, nice. Again, nice. something something you'll think about later on, just to, when you start wanting to add more interest to the stream. But yeah, there's so there's, it all depends on the instrument, doesn't it? Oh, playing. absolutely. Yeah, and, and I yeah I love the focus right as well. I actually use a, a scar, the two i two interface yeah. for my microphone, and it's been a really great way to control the audio. Um, Aaron, do you think people have to worry about copyrights uh, if they're using other people's music when they're playing on a live stream? Yeah, how, how long? You got another three hours to talk about copyright? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a future episode, actually. <laughs> You're going to have to because the problem is it's really really frustrating. Look, I'm I'm a songwriter. I'm in all the uh, you know, in, in England. I was in, I'm in America now, but in England, I was in all the copyright groups and and songwriters guilds and all mm-hmm. these things. I believe the songwriters should be paid for you. If, if we if we play a Beatles song now, whoever owns those rights should get the money. I totally get it. But what I'm really against and what makes me so frustrated is the the lack of clarity with what we can actually do. Mm-hmm. And it's not helped by musicians overreacting either. That's kind of bugging me as well. Some people are saying, "Oh, we can." Have, we can. I mean, okay, the law just changed. There's there's um, many interpretations of people on YouTube I've been watching, but essentially, like, you could go to jail for thirty or whatever it is. <laughs> you go to jail for playing, you know, Mustang Sally. You know what? I was saying the other day, do it. Like, send me to jail for playing Mustang Sally. Like, I don't. <laughs> I'll take the hit. You know. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be a great story, wouldn't it? Um, I, I just think it's so overblown. But I think I think the problem is when these things come out, uh, musicians like myself get wind of it and we kind of lose our minds and we post on social and then our friends retweet it and add to it and it all just gets out of proportion. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't think that's why they made this new rule. And this is a very hot topic right now. You should do a whole episode on this. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I what I love is I love going live I finish and YouTube says, right, you played you played the Beatles song. It's been claimed. They're getting most of the money. You can still have it up there. Great. That's all I ask for. You know, if I, as long as I can keep my tips, my super chats, mm-hmm. and I can do the performance, I don't care. I, I want them to have the money. I want them to have it. But I don't like the stories of people getting um, taken down, shut down for playing covers. Yeah. 
I mean, tell me, you know, take the video down, and that's fine as well. I don't mind if the video comes down. But I don't, what I don't want to do is spend years building my YouTube channel and that gets taken away from me because I played Mustang Sally. I think that would be a horrible, right. horrible mm-hmm. thing. And that's, yeah. what, that's what I'm afraid of. That's all I care about. You know, take all the money for those videos. Take the video down if you think I did a bad job. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. But, but don't close down my whole account because I played Mustang Sally. That's all I ask. And that's what, well, that's what I fear. Yeah. And I, I, to me too, Aaron, it seems like there should be an easier way. Like, let's say you've, if you want to call it, bought the rights to be able to play it. There should be an easy way for almost like, you know, like a key that you're able to put in. So they're like, okay, this guy has permission in, or, you know, gal in whatever way so that you don't run into all this time. Like, well, prove that you have this. Well, they make it hard for you to prove it. In the meantime, mm-hmm. you know, your video could be getting held up from, from getting views as well. I, I would do that. I mean, I, I would, I think I was, I was watching a, a, a new company. I was watching a video about this new company that was trying to do that. Get, get the, get the music companies on board mm-hmm. where I could then pay a hundred bucks a year and use any of the songs on their site. The problem is what if I don't play the songs on their site? It needs to be every, that everyone needs to come to an arrangement. It's like Apple music and Spotify only work because everything is on there. Once once an artist isn't on there, it, we, we all hate it, right? We want everything at our fingertips. So I don't mind paying 300 bucks a year if it allows me to use any song ever written. That's fine. But it's just so kind of sketchy and, and unknown. It's like you're going out into the unknown every time we go live. But here's the thing. I see a lot of smaller YouTubers saying, oh, we're going to get in trouble. We mustn't do it. They're going to close us down. But I also see big YouTubers with hundreds of thousands of subscribers playing those songs so i feel like well they're not afraid of it Mm -hmm. so i'm not going to be afraid of it and also my personal opinion right now is it would really suck to lose my channel but what i'm trying to do as a musician is make contacts and make a name for myself so if they shut me down for playing mustang sally i'll just make a new channel and start again i still have my contacts um of course it would suck to lose that ad revenue and, and what you've built up but what I, I, I wasted a lot of energy worrying about this. And I think I've made, I've made a decision just to press ahead and just deal with whatever comes along because this could really drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. And I really hope they find a solution. I can't believe it's 2021. We're all live streaming and there's no clear solution for this. There's no answer. There's no video from YouTube explaining how it works. Mm-hmm. And it's so confusing and mixed information because YouTube, like I said, it will tell you. It'll tell me, if I play one of my songs, it will say you got claimed because I, I'm, I'm with CD Baby. So they mm-hmm. claim it. And then yeah. down the line, they give it to me minus their commission. Mm-hmm. I can turn that off. But if I turn that off and then you play it, I won't get paid for that. So that's that's another kind of headache. It's like, yeah. I don't want that video to get claimed by my own company. I'd rather not do that. But if I do that, it won't get claimed if you play it. So I, I need to leave that thing in place. Um, but it's the same thing. I see people freaking out. Oh, I just had a copyright claim for my own song. That's not what happened. You know, you've, you've registered a company to look after your songs mm-hmm. and they claimed it. So I think there's so much misinformation mm. with this topic. At the same time, none of us are lawyers and really know what the heck this thing even means. I mean, I, I can't, I don't want to make a video about it because I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I want YouTube to make a video saying, right, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do, mm-hmm. and this is and, and we're gonna keep working to make this even more kind of you know easier. I don't see why any company wouldn't want their song to be claimed the way it is now, because they, they, they I mean 
think think of a song like like Wonderwall that's played hundreds of times a day on YouTube, probably thousands of times. Like Noel Gallagher is making a fortune off the YouTube money just for that alone from YouTube, mm-hmm. plus all his other money coming in. Why wouldn't he want that on there? What does he care if I don't play it very well? If I make him, if I mess up the lyrics, <laughs> yeah. what does he? He's he's making his money, mm-hmm. and right. and even if he does think I, I I messed it up and says right, take take Aaron Short's video down. I don't like him. That's fine, but just don't threaten to take away the whole channel. That to me, or jail time. That's bizarre. And again, yeah. I don't think. I don't think that's actually what's going to happen, um, but I don't even want, I don't understand why we're even hearing that stuff being thrown around right now. It's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's yeah. so over the Absolutely. top. You know? And I, I'd say this, I mean, maybe, the, and just real quick, like the one thing I think they could do to solve this would be um, if, and again, there's tons of solutions, but maybe what could also happen, so people are apprehensive to create the video, and so therefore they don't ever get off the starting block, you know, because they're worried about, well, copyright and strike and all that sort of stuff. Maybe, you know, YouTube has a sophisticated algorithm. Maybe what could happen is when you upload the video, maybe it could also run that copyright check before you're even publishing it, maybe. Oh, uh, you can do that now. So a lot of my friends yeah. told me they do that now. They, they upload the video, but they don't, they don't make it live. Right. And then if it gets claimed, if it says this won't be available in 10 countries, they don't post it. Okay. So that's actually, I haven't done that yet, but that's a great idea. If you're going to release a cover of a famous song mm-hmm. before you even record it, do, yep. do, do the guide track mm-hmm. and upload it and see what it says. If it says, oh, you know, The Gambler by Kenny Rogers is uh, going to be taken down in five countries, then don't bother doing it. Right. If it says this song is The Gambler and it's been claimed, mm-hmm. that's, that's what you'd expect to happen anyway because right. they've identified it as The Gambler. They're going to take your money. That's, you, you, know, you can't expect to take money for the song you didn't write. Right. But if it says it won't be available in ten countries, then maybe do a different song. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 a great. I think that's a great tip for musicians. Actually, I don't think a lot of people know that. Mm-hmm. Like you can test stuff. You can just upload a version of a song and see what the algorithm says. Test mm-hmm. the algorithm before you actually upload the song. I think that's, that's that's something that I'll do in the future as well. So you don't waste time recording a song that is going to cause you a hassle down the right. line. Yeah, absolutely. Because because here's the thing: you upload something and then you you know you publish it and then you're you know, you get hit. Here's what happens. People then get hit with some sort of claim and they're like, what the heck? Well, I can't publish anything. And then it, it sort of snowballs into um, people not being happy, I guess, with the service. And there's all sorts of other stuff, obviously. But uh, I think these are this is this fantastic information um, just overall about, you know, playing uh, musical instruments and also obviously making sure you're paying attention to that whole copyright thing. Um, so, Aaron, uh, just one last question for you. Where can people connect with you? I know we mentioned your YouTube channel. Is that the best place? Um, is, is there another place? Just, I just want to add one more thing. Yeah, what sure. I mentioned previously was all regarding me recreating the song on acoustic. Mm-hmm. Do not play a recording of someone's song. That's, ask, that's asking for trouble. If you, play the, if you go live and play someone's song, that's you're playing the recording as well, the original recording. That's a different kettle of fish. Right. Yeah. But if you're going live and playing an acoustic version of your own arrangement, the algorithm might not even pick it up. Um, mm. Actually, and that's actually a good thing if you do get in trouble because if you're so good that the algorithm knows you're playing that song, then you're a good musician, right? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's actually a good point. <laughs> Oh, it, oh, I played Wonderwall. It got Wonderwall. Okay, great. Oh, I knew that. So if it doesn't pick up a song, I must have either played a great original version of it or I did a terrible job, but it couldn't figure out what I was doing. It's pretty scary. When you think about what that algorithm can do, it's 
Mm -hmm. I mean, just don't think about it because you're going to get really paranoid. Um, if you want to connect with me, everything, I, I made everything Aaron Short music. Okay. Um, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, most importantly, YouTube. Please subscribe and ring the bell to my YouTube channel. And uh, that's, you know, if I find more information about this stuff in the future, I will cover it. I'll always be talking about the equipment and gear that I use. I review gear as well. So if I get a new camera or something, I'll make mm -hmm. a review. Um, sometimes I do these videos about the rig that I use. I just did one last week about the equipment that I use. Nice. Um, and you can see what I use because when I go live on Sundays at 4 p.m. EST, I, I use this equipment. So you can actually see what I'm doing. I'm always experimenting with it as well. So, yeah, YouTube is kind of my home and the platform that I'm trying to grow the most because the more presence I have there, the more kind of opportunities I might get from music companies and things and connections with that. But I've got, I, I think this is a, a wise thing as well. Make one URL, make one name for all the platforms. So you can just say Aaron Short Music on every platform. So, yeah. So, so just, just, uh, just type in Aaron Short Music and I will come up. <laughs> Sounds great. So I want to thank everyone for joining us for episode 44 of the Launch Your Live podcast, where we discussed playing musical instruments on your live streams with Aaron Short. Remember, if you have any questions about live streaming, you need help, contact Jem and myself for a consultation by messaging us on our Facebook page at Launch Your Live. And obviously, for more information uh, about this particular episode, go to launchyour.live forward slash EP44. We will see you all on a future episode. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Launch Your Live podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Also, visit launchyour.live for more resources based on today's topic as well as access to even more episodes that will help you level up your live videos. That's launchyour.live. So until next time, keep going live.